Welcome to the Tom Ward Show, where I interview the biggest creators in the world. Make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications for a new interview every Thursday morning. And I'm sitting here with John Yushe. Yushe, correct? Yushai, you got Yushai, it. Yushai, yeah. I'm just trying to do my parents proud. Hey, yeah. all right. <laughs> Product marketing at Instagram. Before that, he was head of creator monetization at YouTube, also a creator in his own right, host of the creator show on Clubhouse, where he has 75,000 followers. Forbes named him one of the most 25 most influential marketers. Inc. Magazine named him one of the top seven marketers in the world. That is a fucking impressive, and a University of Penn graduate on top of it. I'm a has-been, man. Yeah, those are all in the past now, yeah. But, uh, it's yeah. pretty impressive. <laughs> Thanks, man. Honored to be here. Oh, thank you. Now, recently, you left Instagram. And first of all, are you insane? <laughs> because this is a job that most people would kill for. I'm sure the money's great. There's exposure. There's all kinds of cool things you know that you get with a job like that and you quit to become a creator so i know you have that immigrant mentality i know your parents came over uh, during the war in uh, iran my wife her parents are from afghanistan they came over when the russians invaded so i know what that's about it's you get a job you get a good job and you stay with it are your parents smacking you around <laughs> and saying keep the steady job <laughs> Well, first of all, I just got to say, like, being on this show, like, Tom and I talk about this all the time, like, uh, your research, I could even see in this first question, man, I, I, I love it. I love it. So it's an honor to be here. That first question is a great one. I think I had an anomaly when it came to parents. Like, I think that they were always, you know, maybe it was like first generation, like, immigrant, like, ignorance is bliss type of thing. But you know, there's a part of like, oh, maybe become a doctor or lawyer. But for the most part, they're very empowering to like, me figure out my own path and um and i think like you know they kind of saw that i was like creating on the side uh they they saw how much i would talk about like the people like you know that we build for it youtube and instagram and like businesses they make the um income they would generate and uh you know they're like you know you're old enough and it all makes sense and uh there is a bit of that but they were super supportive well you're a creator at heart and i want to get into this too because you've been successful really in every area that you've operated in, whether it's YouTube or LinkedIn. I don't know about that, but. Uh, <laughs> Clubhouse, every venture, no, we'll talk about it. He's been successful, trust me. <laughs> but when you were, your previous job, you were head of creator monetization at YouTube, is that correct? It was a few different roles at YouTube. I was there for five years, uh, creator product marketing, creator monetization, like even branding. So like working on like YouTube Rewind, like that huge campaign that yeah. we did with a lot of creators. So really like it came down to like, how do we build products for creators? and how do we get that to market? And I was really fun, like at my last year, they were working on like new monetization products, like subscriptions and like fan funding and affiliate links and all that. So a lot of different roles during my time at YouTube. You were working close with creators. Yeah. You're a creator, we're gonna talk about your ventures. Yeah. At some point were you like, wait, I'm gonna be on the other side. It seems like they're having a lot more fun yeah. than I am. Well, I, I kind of like the analogy I draw is like, I felt like I was working for the NBA and I'd always like try to do everything to like either coach or help like the players on the court be as successful as possible. 
But, you know, between you and me, like, at night, I would, like, be sneaking in my shots, right? Like, <laughs> You'd be in the gym. I'd be in the gym, man. <laughs> but also, like, the, the way I thought about it is, like, that's helpful no matter what because I need to understand, like, all the rules of the court, right? I need to understand how the net swishes. I need to understand, like, how the ball bounces. Um, and similarly, like, as a creator, I would, like, upload because I would find bugs in YouTube and Instagram and report them to our engineers, okay. right? I would really understand, like, what are creators going through on a day-to-day basis and what are some of their pain points? And I feel like that made me better at my job. But throughout it all, I feel like just finding an audience and, and uh, that part of me that, I don't know, maybe something I had in my childhood that I tapped into, I, I, I couldn't resist. And, uh, and I feel like as things started to play into it and Clubhouse was a big part of that, like, growing on Instagram was a big part of that, I was like, you know, now makes sense to kind of like dive into the deep end and start focusing on content creation full time. Yeah, I mean, people need to know the backstory. They just don't need to see that, hey, I'm an executive and oh, let's just become a creator one day. Going back, I watched your high school commencement speech. Oh my God. All right, I don't fuck around. I watched your commencement speech and it killed. The first thing you really did went viral no. right out of the gate. And you guys should check it out. We'll insert a clip here of the, um, the speech. And it was incredible. It was funny. You know, you had things like inclusion and, you know, chasing your dreams and not letting fear hold you back. And you touched on a lot of stuff in 10 minutes. Um, Did you always feel comfortable presenting or or speaking in public? Was that always a talent you had? No, definitely not. Um, I think that speech, I spent a year writing. I spent a year, like, I remember, like, for those of you maybe like seniors in high school, like the, at the beginning of the school year, like I remember like hearing about the fact that anybody in my school could try out to give that speech. It wasn't meant for a valedictorian. If it was, I would have no shot. Like I was not the smartest kid in, in the class. But I knew, I was like, you know, if I work at this thing longer than everyone else and also get feedback, like I was like writing a speech, I threw out draft after draft, but I would always like kind of like ask my friends, like what do you think about this, this angle? Like my parents probably heard way too much about it at the dinner table. Um, and then the day of the tryout came, I got it. And then the day of the speech came and it had, you know, like great response. But the f- way it really went viral and got discovered is five years later, I see my phone blowing up and I see all these texts like about NPR, NPR. I'm like, what, what is going on? And NPR had ranked that speech as one of their top 350 or so from 1774. And I was like, what is, wow. what is going on? But the lesson to me there was like, maybe it's not that things happen like overnight. They really happen over time. Because it took five years for there to be like real public recognition of that speech and other speaking invites to come in because of it. It wasn't like instant, mm-hmm. you know, right after writing it, first draft. It was like really like a multi-year process. And it was different then too. It wasn't, there wasn't TikTok. There wasn't right. this immediate content in your face every day too right that's a great point but you guys are going to see a theme here so (laughs) we're strong right out of the gate talk about well your youtube channel you you hinted on it before so it was reviewing ads right is that you are so good wow yes see i weave it all together (laughs) see there's a plan here my friend it were thought out right here guys all right there yeah um yeah so i i was like you know i'm big on formats right i like to think about like if you're gonna hit the subscribe button on my youtube channel i want to give you something consistent and that is a format that you may not see on YouTube. So initially like what I experimented with was like, all right, I love marketing, I love advertising. I think there's a lot to learn whether you're a creator or just like a casual viewer. Think about the fact that, you know, the Super Bowl commercials get so much like buzz and tune in. Why can't that happen on a more reoccurring basis? So the show idea was basically, 
can we rate shows from a scale of amazing to atrocious, <laughs> right? Okay. So, um, and then kind of going through it and like rating it. Um, and it's evolved since then, but yeah, that was an initial kernel for the YouTube channel that you know folks can still check out. Oh, okay, and when did you start that? How far into your YouTube career? You know what's so funny, man, is like I started that after I left YouTube. Oh, no way. Because when I was at YouTube, I, I worked with so many creators and I felt like, like I, and I would make like videos and, and, and upload them to like a personal channel and uh, like I would make videos for our team and just kind of like, you know, like stuff when we go out to offsites and team bonding, team welcome videos. But like I felt so intimidated, honestly, like being there and like working with so many creators that just uh, are killing it, crushing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But one thing gave me a lot of like uh, I don't know, like inspiration and confidence to start uploading. And I think like if you guys are listening, you feel intimidated to start a channel, um, go to the people's YouTube channel, search oldest video, and just look at how far these creators have come from since then. I took mine down. Really? Yeah, okay. of course. <laughs> you know? So my oldest one's okay, going to look good now. Yeah. Channel. I think Wait, a lot yeah. of people did that too. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. But your girlfriend, <laughs> you were sitting on that idea for a long time, right? And your girlfriend pushed you. Yeah, she was a huge help. Yeah. What was holding you back? Just that fear? I think it was also like trying to be too much of a perfectionist. Like I felt like I had to have like a great like setup like this, like two lights, everything. Yeah. Um, and she's just like, you know, like you could carry a conversation in person translate that to the camera yeah. right and don't think too much about it and just like start uploading and you'll iterate over time but she's also like like an operations like master so she like dude like my first few videos um people don't know but the backdrop is like a um tablecloth and i and i would tape it to the wall <laughs> yeah. and, and just imagine how grueling that process is that every time i go to film i'm taping a tablecloth to the wall <laughs> and she's like no no let's buy a seamless backdrop and bolt it to the ceiling and then you just drag it down every time. So like even that friction that, that I've realized is like, like holds so many creators back from sharing what's like on their mind um, was something that I was like, okay, like if I just make it, I don't know, 10 minutes less work to set up my shoot, then I'm gonna be more likely to create. And that was the case. And so, yeah, I credit her uh, with a lot of like the push uh, to really like, like capture what you know, I wanted to do for a while. So it seems like you kind of silenced that a little bit. Otherwise, you would never have left Instagram. So you, it seems like you have confidence in yourself now. Yeah. Is that fear still there, or is it kind of quieter than it was when you started? It's definitely quieter, but I think part of it's, it's, it's always there. But I think it took different forms. Like, I had a cartoon series for many years, like, at YouTube, and I would just, like, put out the cartoon. But I think it was, maybe not so much creation, but it was, like, the video aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, like, I, am I you ready to like go on camera like once a week and all that and and have like a perfect set of perfect lighting but then i realized like that stuff doesn't really matter as much um obviously like the most important thing is like a good camera and good audio do but you know like a lot of the stuff and having a perfect script like you know that 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 stuff you can like uh you know it's important but you don't need to perfect it every time what if i see because younger people watch this too you know, who are sitting there and don't have a YouTube channel and go, yeah, it's easy to look at John because he was the head of Instagram. So he knows all the, he worked at YouTube. Who better than John to grow on YouTube and Instagram? He knows yeah. all the secrets, the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, yeah. What, what can they do if they're sitting just like you were and your girlfriend had to kind of give you a push where I got this idea, I'm sitting on it. Well, I don't know if I do, I don't have the right equipment. Like what advice do you have for them? Yeah, and I was definitely not the head of Instagram. I did that, <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. that, that that's, that's true, okay, that's true. But uh, uh, what I'd say is like, if you're thinking about starting out, 
just like, don't try to start immediately with like a 10 minute video. You know, I think that a lot of people forget how good of a like testing ground Instagram stories is and just using polls to just ask your audience. And if you're watching this, you probably have like friends and family that are following you on Instagram. Start with them, you know, start by polling them like, hey, I'm thinking about making content that's about this or that. What would you like to see? Let them vote. Do a, do a quiz sticker, like give them four choices. Say, hey, here's 15 seconds of what I'm thinking about putting out, super rough. Get their thoughts on it. What I've realized is that people are, are gonna be more invested in the outcome if they're invested in the journey. And most people forget about the journey uh, in terms of making a collective process and make it too much of an individual process. And I think that was my mistake that I was trying to do it on my own and I was lucky to meet Amanda who uh, is, is now my fiance and she helped me go on this journey together along with some of my closest friends from my school and they just continually gave me you know, encouragement. But if I had done that on Instagram stories, I felt like I would have felt a bit more of that because people love seeing people create and follow their dreams. I mean, when, we, when you're developing this show or when you ask for like recommendations for guests, do you ever like use your stories for that or make it interactive? What do you mean? Like, do I interact with on Instagram? With yeah, people? yeah. Or like, or like, of course. Or like, ask, like, use them more as a focus group. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. always do that. I, I mean, you're Instagram, but I use TikTok for that all yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I do, you know, hey, who should I interview yes, next? What yes. did you think about this? Yes, yeah. What should I cover and get feedback there? It's great. It's Brilliant. good engagement. It helps yeah. your social grow, too. It's just a win-win win 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 100%. Totally. So I would say that if people are starting out, use Instagram stories as almost like your lab, your creative lab to think about what longer form content. And it's okay to start with photos. You know, I think a lot of times people are like, oh, I need to jump to video. And video is like definite way to grow. And we could talk about that too. But if you're just trying to find your footing of what works, nothing wrong with starting with shorter form or photos and then upping your production. You know, it's funny. I interviewed Josh Richards a couple of weeks ago and he started, we were talking about content creation and you know, like a lot of TikTokers, he started out, okay, what's the current dance trend? Mm -hmm. I know that'll get views. What yeah. song can I use? That'll get views, yeah. you know, that'll get engagement. Yeah. So he went down that road and a lot of people, you know, you can still get views by doing whatever the current dance yeah. is that yeah. works or using certain hashtags. But he said, you know, now he's so busy and he's not interested in doing that. He said, mm. now I just document my life. Yeah. Now his life is a lot cooler than mine. Right. Because I'm gonna go home after this and you know put you know two kids to bed and no, then have dinner so and cool, watch man. reality TV. That's so cool. But, you know, it's cool to see John, I mean um, Josh in Miami yeah. or he's at a crypto conference right. and what's going on here. So creating content is just documenting. And Gary Vee's a big thing, you know, fan of that too, is just like documenting. But I have a hot to. take on that. What do you think? Here, I think if you start documenting when there's not as much going on, you just become part of the crowd. And so I think that somebody like Josh was able to like develop like a following and then there's like intrigue, right? That's why there's like keeping up with the Kardashians, not keeping up with the Joe Schmoes, right? It's like because they've built like a following that makes the everyday mundane interesting. That's true. Right? And even like, I think like people talk about production value. I think celebrities or people who have a bit more of a following can go down a level in production and it comes across as authentic and intriguing. But I think people who are start just trying to build their following may have to go up a level in production because it's like, oh, okay, this person is taking their craft seriously. That's so true. It's interesting for Josh to hear about the journey, but I think like the starting point matters. Oh yeah, 100%, just like, I'm not gonna, sh my journey is not interesting, you know, what I'm doing today, so I won't document that, so I'm with but you. It but could if you're be Josh it. Richards, it's yeah. pretty cool. Hey, I'm at the home, you know, the celebrity, you know, game at the All-Star game today, like, let's see what's going on behind the scenes of that, like, that's yeah. cool. But yeah, you have to 
you have to know yourself. But Tom, I think you've built a, like a, a, a following and that there is intrigue in like knowing how like a dad balances this show and balances a job. Work so, the other stuff. But, but you've built I do, that. yeah. Yeah. That's true. I, I didn't that. start that right out exactly. of the gate because no one would care. You know, and I argue people might not care now either. But, you know, hey, you're hopefully you're still watching this. <laughs> I, don't know, I think I'm fascinated, but uh, yeah. Your LinkedIn cartoon, I love, you kind of glanced over it, but I love the idea. So you took the vowels of your last name and gave them all separate personalities? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, how do you even come up with something like that? Well, yeah, I was like, well, my last name is like so hard to spell. And so I was like, okay, like, like uh, it has every vowel in it. And so I was thinking again, like as I was like coming out with like these cartoons, uh, and it started out, actually, the story behind them is, um, I remember at Google, uh, Eric Schmidt and um, a few other like top like senior leaders um, uh, were writing this book, and I pitched them this idea to make cartoons to promote their book. And I saw how well the cartoons did, even though, you know, like, they were just an entry point for more people to read the book. So I was like, as I started, like, writing, I was like, you know, I want to do cartoons to, like, put into the articles so there's something shareable for people to either consume and then go to the article or share on their own. So smart. So then, then, then I was like, you know what? If I'm gonna do these cartoons, why not cr create a format, a theme, so that if you see one, you're curious to understand what world it came from. And then I started thinking about like, you know, Dilbert and like, like Calvin and Hobbes and just like being like an absolute student of like what cartoonists came before me. And I was like, you know what? Like nobody's done anything with the letters in a more adult way. There's always like, you know, these childhood books and all that. And I was like, I have every vowel in my last name. <laughs> and dude, these like personas, like like the-, the Talk the, about why, that's the best one. Oh, well, it's like sometimes why, like, <laughs> And honestly, I felt like that character all the time because like, I was sometimes feel like I would belong, but sometimes not. And I felt like the character of Y in these cartoons, if you guys check them out, um, uh, Y felt like a vowel, but not always. And uh, yeah, and like you would be all about you. She'd be the mentor. And I would be the self-promoter because, you know, she's all about herself. And, and A is like the, 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 the a-hole boss and all <laughs> So, you know, there's like, you know, yeah, I tried to create characters out, out of it and, and basically a way to express what I was feeling on a day-to-day -day basis. And you put that was on LinkedIn, right? That's where they become, became popular? LinkedIn, yeah, like which people I feel like don't talk enough, but yeah, they, they did well on LinkedIn. One of them blew up, got like 92,000 likes. Wow. Um, yeah, like one thing led to another, like, you know, before he passed, like, Tony Shea like asked me to do four, four murals of the cartoons. Who's Tony? And uh, oh, uh, uh, wait, what's that? Who's Tony? People oh, oh, Tony Shea, Zappos CEO. Tony Shea. Sorry, yeah. I'm I'm in my own bubble. But yeah, before he passed, he basically asked me to do um, four murals of the Every Vowel cartoons in the Zappos headquarters. Wow. And so now, if you go to Vegas, you'll see these giant life-size murals of my cartoons. And something like thirty to forty thousand people tour Zappos headquarters every year. I mean, pre-pandemic, um, but uh, yeah, it's just surreal that like something I just started like doodling at the back of my note notebook, like when I was bored at work, um, turned into this series that turned into something physical at like a, a, a office space like Zappos. So again, we're coming back. There's a theme here. John is successful at pretty much every venture. If you look, let's let's recap. Okay, so we have the commencement speech. Huge, okay, five years later, but it went viral, right? <laughs> NPR's talking about it. Pretty big deal, right? Your cartoons, your YouTube channel. 
What makes you, and we're going to talk about Clubhouse, another successful venture in a sec, but what makes you different? There's a million people who are just sitting here and go, oh, I'm going to start a YouTube video. Chances are, sorry, it's going to be terrible, and they're going to do three videos and nothing's going to happen. But you, is it that you're more th well thought out than the next person, that you take it more seriously? Like, What do you think you have? I think um, it's beyond a lot of time is I, I just always am open to the fact that I'm wrong like that I could be wrong and that I could get feedback like like I think I guess a better way to put that is like like um, I think this could be the right format but I will ask a lot of people and, and also I even started like a Facebook group called John Ushai's Creative Lab that I share ideas and people get feedback and I'm like do you like the opening of this video do you like this cartoon people would pitch me cartoons like back when I was like really trying to do that every week so I think it's that I, I'm just like obsessive about feedback. And I think people see that in different forms. Like you can be obsessive about your analytics, which are a form of feedback. You can ask your friends. Um, but I think a lot of people that I see like go into the creator world, they, I think they have this idea of what they want to put out into the world, a piece of content. And most times that's never what ends up being what takes off. Mm -hmm. And because there's like too much of like a attachment to it, there's more frustration. Um, so I, I think that's one big thing. There, there's a few other things, but I think that's the biggest thing that is like, I'm always seeking out thoughts and, and feedback and realizing that I may not have the right answer. And you're quick to pivot, it sounds like. Yeah. You know, okay, I'm wrong here, but I have this, you know? Yeah, yeah. What, what else? Is it persistence? Is it silencing um, the fear? I mean, you're obviously a creative guy. Um, you know, I'm sure that carried over to your executive life too. I'm sure you're creative in business too, but people can't really see that as much, but just on the creative side, you're a creative guy, you've done a bunch of things, so okay, you're open to criticism, but what else? Um, I think the other thing that I believe in is uh, it's uh, acceleration uh, when something is like taking off. Like Clubhouse is a great example. I saw that like starting to take off, so I would just like take a lot of the time that I otherwise invest in like to other pieces of content and put it into that, you know? So much so that we even take vacation days and just like, you know, dedicated to spending a day on Clubhouse, you know? You thought, you, we talked before and you said there was a, the, what blew up is a Mark Zuckerberg overflow. Oh room. yeah, well there's two, the Elon Zuckerberg, hours? something like that, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, and, and it was wild, because I was like moving at the time. So yeah, and, and, and the community was so strong, we kind of take shifts. And those are early, it's crazy, right? It's insane. Right? We would take shifts like helping each other like, you know, manage the room and curate the conversation. And the nature of it was that like people would come in like be like, wait, what did Elon Musk say? Mm -hmm. And we kind of recap it. Or like, what do you think about like, you know, like it's just like, uh, it's a really beautiful thing in those early days. And now we've kind of found our own footings, like, like doing different pieces of content on Clubhouse, different communities that we tap into. But yeah, the Elon Musk and the Mark Zuckerberg marathon rooms and all the time associated with those, I think were big, big um, moments that just, uh, yeah, allowed my clubhouse to, to following to take off and start the creator show that I did on there for every week. What made you, because a lot of people, myself included, I, I didn't get on early. Yeah. You know, I was way late to the game. I think a lot of people were just like, dude, another... I know. Another platform I got to create content for. Like, yeah. I'm worn out. There's yeah. so much to do. Yep. What made you kind of invest your time and see? Did you see the end game or what? I didn't see. It wasn't so much the end game. It was it was more the starting game. And I saw what was happening on Clubhouse was exactly the same as what I saw on YouTube when I first started working there. And that's it was almost like this, like random like content and and 
I saw that as the equivalent of like dogs on skateboards, like viral cat videos. It'd be like, you know, good, good stuff like that takes off every now and then, but there wasn't as much like programming or like interactivity. So I said to myself, if I start, you know, a weekly show on there that has an interactive component, then that could be the equivalent of like a, you know, Fine Brothers having their f show back when they started or like, you know, thinking about like an ongoing format, like a, like a DIY video, right? Um, but on Clubhouse and having the show and making it interactive and bringing people on stage. So I just, um, I just saw like, I think this is going to be big. It was a bet. It was yeah. a bet, and uh, and, and I, you invested in it, and and I invested a ton of time into, it. and then the other thing that it just like started reinforcing that I was starting to get guests on the show that I think I wouldn't be able to get normally if I was starting a podcast on day mm -hmm. one, and to me like that was really exciting, but also the process, like I really love, like you and I geek out over this, like I could talk about interview, yeah. we're gonna talk about that too, yeah, okay, cool, I'm, I'm stoked, but like like I I freaking love the process of like reading up about a guest and reading their book because like. I, I, I mean, otherwise, I'm, I'm not the biggest reader in the world, but for like, you know, the co-founder of Netflix who came on the show, yeah. read his entire book the week before, prepared questions. Uh, Adam Grant, Angela Duckworth, same thing, because I, I feel like, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, but that, that's the least you could do. And I feel like folks who want to start an interview show is like, how can you like do more research and just prepare questions that are different? So the process and the outcome just kept on reinforcing itself on Clubhouse. And, and you were getting that feedback. And, and, and that's not to say like every room like did well, but uh, I would really uh, just try to like, yeah, promote them, research the questions, like just so much into each like thing that it became like an event. And it was like this adrenaline rush that uh, I, I love, I love. And so, yeah, it was a lot, it's been a lot of fun growing on Clubhouse. What were the, before the creator show, what were the early rooms like? Was you because know, there's so many social audio platforms yeah, now. Yeah. I've, you know, I'm testing some of them out, and yeah. like you go on, it's like four people in a room. Right. It's like, oh my god, I got. Yeah, I'm gonna have to talk a lot. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? I can't just sit and be quiet. Yeah. You know? was, was it like that on Clubhouse early on? Uh, there's a lot of different rooms, a lot of like different social media rooms. Like one of the early rooms I also tried out was this thing called the Five Second Favor Club, it's and okay. I would just basically like it's it's something I actually started in college because um, my professor uh, uh, Adam Grant he would do this thing where he would ask people for like favors, he, he would ask the class to fulfill random favors from one another at the end of the class, right? And people would raise their hand and say, hey, I need a help getting a job here. And then somebody would raise their hand on the other side and it was like, oh, I could help you, I know somebody. And these random connections would happen. And so I was like, you know, why don't I turn this into an email group after college? and turn into five second favors instead of five minute favors. And then people started helping each other out in this group. So when wow. I started getting active on Clubhouse, I was like, why don't I do a five second favor club but on Clubhouse? And my first like show was like having just people like fulfill five second favors for one another. Somebody comes up and asks something and then everyone on stage tries to help each other out. Wow. Yeah. Did and, that take off? That's a great idea. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It was, it was exhausting. We went on for three, four hours the first time. Oh, and, wow. uh, uh, and And I felt like such a um, like weight on my shoulders to fulfill all the unfulfilled favors. Sure. So I was taking notes throughout the whole thing. I'm like, okay, whose favor didn't get answered by the group? And how can I complete that myself? Oh my God. Yeah, so like I was Santa like- Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. delivering to the world. Exactly, a Jewish Santa Claus, man. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I just felt it was unsustainable. Yeah. And I, 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 for, again, maybe this is like the perfectionist. I mean, maybe that format could have really worked, but I felt that each time like somebody asked a favor and got it fulfilled, that was magical, but for the few people who asked and nobody in the room and there was like crickets, yeah. I was like, okay, I gotta do something to make their experience like worthwhile and I gotta go above and beyond and just, um, 
became hard. And the creator show was another type of work, but it was more sustainable, more like like direct. And, and I knew what the output could be. The five second thing you touched, it just made me think of another important thing for creators trying to start out there. Yeah. Community. I mean, what that show is, the, you know, the definition of community, right, right? Right, right, Everybody helping each other out. Right. Talk about how important that is, whether you're on Instagram trying to grow or, you know, starting a YouTube channel or a podcast. Oh, it's everything. It's 100%. It's everything. And I think that, uh, um, I don't know, I, I feel like that's why, like, sometimes people, like, forget about how important the DMs are and everyone talks about growth. But what about the people who already follow you? You know, like, what about, like, figuring out what they want or, like, their interactions? Like, I, I just I just think it's everything, you know? I mean, now personally, if I want to interview a big guest that I don't have a connection with, I have a decent following on Twitter, so we follow, you know, I have a good chance of getting in there. But when I get a DM from somebody like that, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> it still makes me feel like that. So the person that's following them that, to get a reply right. to their DM means the world yeah and you're right you do have to take i mean eventually if you get so big it's tight you can't right sustain right, that right. but you're right you do have to connect with the people who follow you that's what it's all about dude that's how we met i think how we, did we meet? i think i think you posted something about clubhouse or maybe it was one, or maybe you popped into one of the rooms I, I don't know what it is but i or or i think i like looked up your interviews as i was prepping for some of mine something like that i forget what okay. it was but i think it was a twitter dm that kind of yeah set this off yeah you know i love twitter is very underrated it's not <laughs> as sexy as instagram or as cool as snap or TikTok. but i found that's your your best shot at reaching somebody famous or a big creator mm. is on twitter mm. they're not going to answer an instagram dm mm. you can't dm them on TikTok unless they're following you, which if they already followed you, it would be no problem. You would right, know them. Right, right. But I think Twitter is a good way to connect with people that people younger people aren't taking advantage of. Yeah, I think uh, um, I think it matters where your social proof is, right? What do you mean? Like where, like you know, the blue check mark is part of that where you have oh, a true. following because uh, you know. Um, the same argument can be made about LinkedIn in some ways. You so, know? well, you mentioned that before. I don't give LinkedIn credit. Yeah. You know, why should we be paying attention to LinkedIn? I think it's all about like right now there's like this window and regardless of any platform, I think it's all about understanding like where is there like content supply versus like demand, right? Okay. And and like when I think about demand, it's like where are all the viewers right now, right? LinkedIn has a ton of viewers, right? But the issue is a lot of people view it as just like a networking site or job hunting site, but they're still going there, right? Yeah. And what do they do when they go on there? They look at the feed. Um, but not everyone's posting on the feed. Not everyone's producing. Not everyone's supplying. Most people are scared. I'm scared to post on LinkedIn. Why? But you're a great creator. Why? Well, well because it, it, a couple of things. There, you know, I have to keep my worlds kind of separate for. Okay. 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 Sure. Work sure, reasons, sure. Right. Sure, sure. But even if I didn't. Yeah. I would be. I'd be afraid of what my coworkers would think. Okay. That's, like, look at yeah. this. Who does he think he is posting this? You know, kind of getting that vibe. Yeah. I'm there, sure most people think like that. I guess there, there's definitely a bit about that, but. I, if people are wondering like, oh, should they, should they post? Like maybe you gear it more towards like a professional audience. Yeah. But I find that like initially, like those type of people, like either like coworkers or, or peers, like they might start asking why you're doing something at the beginning mm -hmm. and ultimately they ask how. Yeah. Like they're like, wait, oh, do they how, really? oh, yeah, they're like, wait, I, I want to, I want to, I want to grow fine. I want to grow. How do you, how do you do that? What do you do? And I've had many calls with like colleagues and, and peers who are like, oh, can you tell me how you're doing this? And I think it's all about like persistence and consistency and like a lot of opportunities coming from just like, you know, posting and like, I think so many people have expertise that they just keep stored in their heads. 
And if they could share, especially on a professional network like on LinkedIn, where there's a window of opportunity right now for organic growth, why not? Mm -hmm. It seems now, because I interviewed Swan Sit, who if you're watching this, if you're watching John, you know who Swan Sit is, yeah. right? That's the audience. Yeah. So I was interviewing her, and you're kind of an example of that too. It's not enough to be an executive anymore. You know, yeah, that's cool when you can make a ton of money too, but you want to be like a, a content creator executive is like the place to be right now. To be on Clubhouse talking about stuff, to pre be producing content on LinkedIn. When, do you, when did that start? Do you think it started in the social media space with executives there? or? It, it's a great point. I think uh, it definitely started when like social media started becoming popular. And to your point, I think take a look at all the automobile executives and tell me how many of them you could list beyond Elon Musk. <laughs> Zero. Zero. I think one of the forty kids is there. I don't know. Right, and then and then and then let's talk about how much his tweets kind of impact a lot of perception of like Tesla's brand and like all the things that he does. Or the value in crypto. A tweet could change that immediately. Exactly. Now imagine like I, I feel like so many companies hide behind like their logo, whereas at the end of the day we want to hear from the leaders at that company, uh, which is why I would argue like. You know, like if you're a creator at a company, as long as you're like being mindful of like the comms team and the PR team, um, and like like being aware and doing your job, it's ultimately going to be a net positive. I mean, do you know what Dunkin' Donuts is doing with their like creators program? With like Charlie and stuff? No, oh, well they 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 they're, they're doing a ton of great stuff with like brand sponsorship. Yeah. But they empower a ton of their employees to be content creators because they realize really? that if they're creating content at the store, like using their like cups and all that, and they feature the best ones on the Dunkin' like page okay. to net positive to the brand. So that's like like a micro version of it. There's a Papa John's girl on TikTok that always shows up on my feed. She's like a good looking girl and she's got like a good personality. Like you see her delivering pizzas or in the back. It is, I don't know why I watch it, but I watch that. Right, and so so do you connect more to her or to some logo like Papa John's or like Both, even, it kind of goes together. It goes together. Or like I, I would think about like Shaq becoming an investor in Papa John's has helped them. I think even like the fact like, wasn't it the, the founder like Papa John's was in a lot of commercials? The fact it was like, even the name is more personified yep. than most other brands, I think helps a ton. But the most immediate form of that is like an executive posting, yeah. right? So I think it's like a definite um, requirement for you know and whether that's the exec themselves because you know it's not necessary for the job to be done um, or the comms team that helps handle it it's it, it, it's super important in terms of understanding like how to communicate to your end user talk about so you're doing all this while at Instagram you publicly trade a company you're an executive you can't just post whatever release you know, write articles. Did you have to get approval internally or could you yeah. just post whatever you wanted? Yeah. And using the word exec, ahead of Instagram, I'm not like, no, okay. <laughs> okay. But, uh, well, but you were an executive yeah, but Instagram, like, like, Well, no, I would say like, uh, you know, it's uh, 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 a lot of roles and responsi responsibility, but okay. executives are like way, way okay, off there. Right, right. So I just want to clarify that. But uh, um, uh, when it comes to, yeah, yeah, I had to ask approvals for a ton of stuff. Like yeah, what? of course, of course, like, like, uh, like writing, uh, like if I want to put out an article. Um, really? Yeah, like if I want to talk about like what's, uh, you know, like something that I want to like, uh, uh, even at the at the at the at the end of it, like approving like Clubhouse like guests I would have on and questions. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. You got to give them questions. Yeah. I never give questions to anybody. When guests or PR people ask, you know, hey, can I look at questions? Yeah. No. Yeah. I just say I don't have, like, watch the show. There's not, like, I'm not reading questions, right? Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. notes in case I forget right, the name right, of the right, show right, they were right, on or something. Right. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's being mindful. Prior? But it's also, like, I feel like it's something that I, uh, did, 
it's uh, um, for, for like the, the PR team, but like I also like, you know, for certain guests who may be more high profile, if they ask for like where I'm going to take the conversation oh, sure. or talking points, so, of course. you know, I try to brief them properly. But uh, yeah, there'd be a lot of that. I think for the most part, you know, they're very encouraging, very empowering, but it became a time thing, right? And, uh, and I think about like how, you know, later on I want to be like available as a, like, a, like a husband, as a dad and all these things. And having these two like jobs is just, so hard to balance let alone like adding that into the equation so i wanted to like really think about like the next chapter and start doing that before we have kids and i felt like yeah that's that's uh that was a huge huge uh, part of the decision and one of the beauties of being a creator is when an idea pops in your head you can put it out there in the world whether it's a tweet or it's a youtube video or whatever yeah that takes away from that instant gratification right I got a great idea. Oh wait, hold on. I gotta, right. I gotta email Sally. Right, right. <laughs> I gotta get approval. Right, you know. Right, right. So it is cool. I'm glad to see you're kind of going down this road, and it's exciting. I want we touched on just about everything, but I want to talk to you about interviewing. Yeah. Right. Well, how am I doing? <laughs> you're great. Are we doing okay. You you're know, great, man. We're you're still, great. We're, you're you're still not, involved. I, people don't know, but I like Tom and I geek out. It's the most meta thing. We like talk about. <laughs> no one can relate. No to. one can. Yeah. No. Uh, but uh, dude, you're doing great, man. It's an honor. Just it's fun to. to do. This is our it first is time fun. meeting in person, man. We would have yeah. like what, what was it like hour long conversations just about just like, about club, interviewing people, interviewing and clubhouse and all that. So. Yeah, man. Uh, 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 no, this is a lot of fun. And you're doing great. Yeah. What is the um, what makes you a good interviewer? You are a great interviewer. Um, you just interviewed. Let's see. Look at how I weave it all together. <laughs> just interviewed George Lopez. Said it was the best interview he's ever done in his career. George has been interviewed by a ton of people. I'm assuming. So you're good. You know, people are recognizing that you have a following the clubhouse. So of course, you're good. What makes you different than kind of the, the podcasters and other people you see out there? Um, I think beyond the research and the time put in, I think it's the preface to the question. So what do you mean? whenever I ask a question, I try to preface it with some uh, story or um, example from their past. So with George Lopez, I had this question where I was like, um, in the early 2000s, Sandra Bullock drove an hour and a half to Brea, California, <laughs> to see your comedy set that ultimately led her to produce your show. <laughs> Why do you think she went to that length to come discover you? Wow. Was he, was he impressed by the question? Yeah, and then, and then he's like, there's a few times during the interview um, that he like started crying and all that. Oh, and wow. It was, because uh, I think it was a trip down memory lane. And, yeah. uh, and with the show, I'm trying to do a few different things with it, like to again, have a format to it, but yeah, I feel like it's uh, rather than like, quite like a like a the blandest version of that question would be, what was your big break? Sure. So I think that like if I look at it as a spectrum of that highly specific question, that that one question maybe took two hours to research, like finding all the different pieces, reading his book and all that. There's the other version of it that's just like putting all the work on his shoulders, and then it almost like requires him to brag, right? And that makes him feel uncomfortable as a guest. Whereas like I'll do the bragging for them. Yep. Um, stuff like that I found like helps that's big and because I've been on both sides of it you know interviewing people and being interviewed I, I've had a work being interviewed and that's the worst oh my god yeah it's like this conversation going nowhere like <laughs> yeah. fuck I gotta you know I should have just shot a YouTube video for myself like what am I doing this here? a monologue yeah, yeah for real. like what am I what are we doing you know and then I've been in good ones where you're like Casey Adams he's a kid who's got a podcast he just did a really good job and 
I didn't have to brag or anything. Right. And he knew stories right. that most people didn't know. And right. it was like, okay, this, he did his homework. Yeah. You know, I'm not having to work as hard. And right. I think that's your job. It is. It's 100%. It's to make it easy and comfortable and make the guests feel as comfortable as, as pos possible. Yes, yes. To be okay to cry. Yes. To be okay to, you know, talk about things they've right. never shared with anybody. Right, right. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think about what else. Uh, what, what, I mean, what tips would you give if somebody's like listening out there and wants to be an interviewer or have a podcast? Like you said, research is key. Like the way I do it. So How long look, did this take to put together? Well, shit. Probably four hours. Wow. You know, I listened to a couple. There wasn't many interviews out there that yeah, I could yeah, find, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I found some podcast episodes, listened to. Uh, one was fucking awful. <laughs> I made it through 10 minutes. I'm not going to say which one. Oh one, was, one was okay. I think I'm doing a much better job here, personally. <laughs> but I listened to that whole thing. I, awful on their end, I hope. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, no, you're, you're a star. You're great, of course. Uh. Of course, you were outstanding. I'm not going to say you were awful. You're right here. Even if you were awful, I wouldn't say it. But um, so I did that. And then I read, you know, articles about you, and then I looked at your history and, you know, people who knew you, and I just kind of, kind of dove into your life. And then the way I do it is, I have an idea of, I only have one question planned out. It's the first one. Interesting. And then, but then I, I have a conversation written out. Nice. I want to talk about the LinkedIn cartoons. Yeah. I want to talk about why he left Instagram. Right. I want to talk about his high school commencement speech. Right. Now. We're going to get to all those, but it's not going to be in a specific order. I'm not right. going to, like you said before, um, one of your strengths is being able to pivot. Right, you know? right. Some people just bold, try to bulldoze right. things. Right, right. I'm going to talk, I'm going to bring the conversation to LinkedIn. Yeah. I don't care if John's telling an right. interesting right. story. Right, right, right. I think that's the mistake a lot of people yeah, make. Yeah, I agree, I agree. And then the balance of like, I feel like you have, a, you have a thread of this interview that I could like, like I, I feel and I'm like, oh, okay. What other stories can I help like with that and all? So yeah, I agree. It's like a dance and having the pieces and knowing when to bring them out versus not. Did you always have that skill? Were you always just interested in? Pe I think you have to be interested in people too. Yeah, I think I think a good interviewer, like when done right, it's one of the more selfless things you could do. Like when it comes to content creation, and uh, I feel like I've always been curious. I've probably always asked too many questions in class, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's just a very um, I don't know. I've always been good at it, and I think it's a process. But I've always been curious about the process of learning, and just like if I'm gonna have somebody on, just like the respect and admiration I have for them. A hundred percent. Yeah, I don't want to waste their time. Right. You know. Right. I was on one, and they said, "Yeah, I never." Do any homework? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think you're telling you're, me that? Yeah, it's fucking awful. I have yeah. like no respect for you yeah. at this point. Like Tom, if I mean, do dude, some homework. Yeah, means somebody's a lot. giving you, you an hour of their time. Thank you. Yeah, like you better deliver. Yeah. you better do your homework right. and know what you're doing. Right, and treat it seriously. It's right. like a job, even yeah. if you're not getting paid. Even though there's five people watching. Right, I think that's how you have to look at it. And you have the same worth work ethic when you're doing your LinkedIn cartoons. You didn't yeah. fuck around. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's odd, but then having the room to like experiment and like not like, uh, you know, like being like, hey, this is good enough and I put work into it. So it's not just like, like coming off the whim, but uh, yeah, being open to like pivoting, whether it's a piece of content or an interview. That's huge advice. So yeah. talk about the, so what are you focused on now? Are you focused on the YouTube channel? Uh, the, 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 I'm trying to start an interview show now, kind of taking like the weekly Clubhouse episodes I've done and trying to film them in person, still figuring out like an audio component as well. Are you going to, like have the phone and do clubhouse at the same time i know That's i still try i know i know you and i talked about that as well i'm trying to figure out it's tough. it's tough very tough um because you can't be present right. fully if you're 
that's right. in the back of your mind too. Right, right, a hundred percent. It's enough to like bring somebody into like man, audio and cameras, like let alone like thinking about that. So I like I'm thinking about like what's the component of it, the tie-in, because I still love like the audio format and and all. And doing it live and cool doing too. it live is super cool. Um, so there's there's that. I, I I started working with uh, um, an NFT platform called Origin that's like bringing in a lot of these celebrities and guests that. Um, you know, they wanted somebody to like host and interview and create content with them oh, cool. so that they're helping like supply like some of like the, 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 the guests that I'm interviewing and like just trying to set up like how that fits into the interviews that I do. Is that, is, is that going to live on your channel? Uh, yeah, uh, the, the content will kind of live on both the celebrities channel as well as like my channel as I like put it out. Cool. Um, and even like thinking about like, okay, then can I have like a written component of that too? Like kind of like we talked about like, could I like take the publications that I've been writing for and like think about like two articles that come from every like one interview or starting like one article for every one interview and then could that be clipped out into like different TikToks and reels and and all this stuff. Um, so yeah, trying to really think about like that interview as that hero piece of content is, and is then that working what? as the hero piece of mean? content. Like the hero like uh, is like the main thing, the main focus, the North Star. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's just like the, you know, when you have like a hero shot in a yeah. commercial or whatever, like the hero piece of content is like what everything, what anchors everything. Okay. Yeah. So, so um, that's the video for you and the, everything stems from that. Yeah. 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 So you, you just, I mean, your mind is, is pretty, uh, pretty incredible. You, you just kind of breezed over something real quick that's important for creators watching is getting as much content out of something as you can. You just yeah. said, okay, I'm going to get a video, yeah. try to get a Forbes article out of it, I'm going to cut it up for reels. Yeah. Like, you're not wasting anything. Yeah, it goes back to like respecting the person's time, but if, if you guys are curious to learn about the same thing, check out this video that Will Smith put out. I think it was Will Smith Airbnb, like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air House. And he has this entire video where he spends, I think, maybe an hour at the house, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air house. It was to promote, like, that reunion special on HBO. Oh, yeah, yeah. But as he's doing the video, because it's all behind the scenes, him and his team pump out, like, seven pieces of content. You see him record a TikTok with, like, the, the front of the house, like, like, like an Instagram stories, like, behind it, the entire thing is a YouTube video, and it's being used to promote this HBO show. And I kind of saw that a lot when I would work with, like, YouTube creators and, like, Instagram creators. Like, at my jobs, I was like, wow, they're using this time to create so many pieces of content and then using the other days of their week to focus on other opportunities, mm -hmm. right? And I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this as a content creator, I want to be efficient and uh, think about it as a business as much as like a uh, content creation and, and the artistic side of it. So we can look for the NFT stuff on YouTube. We can look at um, interviews coming up. Who do you have? Do you, anyone you want to promote? George Lopez is coming up. Uh, uh, there's a few other names that I, I won't say yet, but like okay. stay tuned to the show. Like check out the YouTube channel uh, or follow me What's the name of the YouTube channel? It's just John Ushai. So you could like youtube.com slash Ushai. Um, and the name of the show that I'm thinking about right now is... Uh, what were they thinking? Okay. And so it's really like going, I, you'll see the format. It's like different. Like I've been really inspired by uh, Hot Ones and Sean oh, Evans. Yeah. And I feel like there's like two storylines going on there. So it's almost like the hot wings and then the, you know, the um, actual questions. And I, I'll, you'll see, we're still figuring out the first episode and like doing the edit right now, but it's looking good. Nice. And uh, so it's not going to be your typical sit down interview. No. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it'll be a sit down interview, but there'll be there's a component of it that's like different. Like I, I don't want to give away too much before. I, I'm not like doing a cliffhanger thing. Yeah. It's really because we're like figuring out the edit right now. Okay. Um, and so like even the name is a bit tentative, but uh, 
yeah, I think it's going to be different. And just by like, again, sharing it with different folks and getting feedback, they're like, whoa, it, it just feels different. And uh, we'll see. The, the first episode will probably look different than the others, but I'm hoping to also upload like other content on that channel behind it, like do more Instagram lives, do these creator office hours uh, every week and do the show on Clubhouse. So we'll see. But yeah, the interview format is like the main thing. Oh, okay. You got a lot going on. Yeah. Well, I think we covered everything. Dude. Did we miss anything? No, no, no. Do I mean, we... just thanks for having me. And uh, uh, yeah, no, I think I think that's it. And uh, dude, really, this guy's one of the, you know, one of, one of my favorite interviewers in the game. So uh, thanks for having me on, Tom. I appreciate it. It means a lot. Yeah. Guys, thank you for watching. Make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications. We do this every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Interviews with the biggest creators on the planet. Everyone go check out the YouTube channel. Check them out on Clubhouse. Check them out wherever he is, Instagram. Actually, on Instagram, watch his office setup video. I've watched this video. We're going to insert the clip here <laughs> 10 times, and it's unbelievable. It's like the dream <laughs> setup. So we'll, we'll insert this here. So follow him on Instagram, too. Thanks, buddy. John, thank, thank you, you brother. Dude, pleasure. Yeah. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. If you could take a second and leave us a five-star rating or a nice comment, it would really help the show. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, The Tom Ward Show. And you can always follow Tom on social at Matra1 on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter.